0: Hello, and welcome to the 14 Questions Podcast. Or, you know, as I'm apt to say, welcome back. <laughs> there it is. There it is. So, there it is.
1: I know. Whatever. You're sick of it.
0: Every time. I know. But, you know, it's a thing we do. It's a thing. Yeah, it's become whatever. a part of the show. We have to do it. People probably expect it now, and, you know, they'll get tired of eventually, be, too. tweet at us. That'll be about the time we decide yeah. to let it go. But uh, this week. Yeah, exactly on the right, pod, right when it becomes popular. What? <laughs> right. That's okay. They can listen to like 80 or 90 or almost a hundred previous episodes and hear it over and yeah, over there. and over. Uh, it's a shame. You never said So yeah, we got to use uh,
1: Yeah, true. But we so we got to come back to a thing. Uh, the, uh, the social media is again, apparently.
0: Yeah. You know, we've, we've I mean, been kicking that dead horse for a while, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, but uh,
1: it's hard not to right now. I mean, it, you, you think about it. This is the most exposure, I guess, um, that I can remember of in 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 lanes and avenues. It's not just going to your point. It's not just big tech. Now we're into the social medias, and there's trying to define this. And now we're into you know these concerns. And again, there's a lot to unpack in the hearing that happened um, just recently. Uh, we're only going to be able to touch on a few things on that hearing. And then also, I think I made reference that um, after the break, we'll we'll play a little bit of this. Uh, this stuff's happening in some other countries, too. So, yeah, it seems fun, to
0: yeah. be a concern of folks. You know, these companies don't just operate here in the United States. They operate globally. And so they're they're subject to the scrutiny of uh, many governments, not just our own. Um, and, you know, like we've said on the podcast before, the Internet's still relatively young. And this is kind of the Wild West, so we're watching history unfold and the way these boundaries are being defined and these laws are being made. So it's important to pay attention to, even if it does become monotonous from time to time.
1: Well, I think it's important stuff and I think it touches a lot of people, obviously. And I think there's a lot of folks still want to learn stuff. And um, so what, what Brandon and I are going to try to do in this episode, anyhow, which is probably a you know, part one to a part two, if we need to circle back about some stuff is at least try to um, lay out the groundwork. I didn't think this was going to be all that interesting, but from my perspective, you know, it's nearly a, it's over a three hour meeting. Um, So for the first time, Snapchat, um, TikTok, were on the Hill testifying and YouTube is back, but it's kind of interesting to unpack these companies and as they're, to be fair to say, Brandon, um, defining or diverge, they're trying to,
0: they're trying to say I'm different than, you know, they're just yeah, sort of like. Again, <laughs> you know, I, I have a big, I, I have a big problem with the big tech moniker that we've started applying as a blanket statement for any organization that has a major presence on the Internet, um, whether that be social media, search mm-hmm. engine, you know, It we can't use a blanket term and regulate effectively or efficiently, or, or accurately for that matter. And so I think it's important um, that these companies do kind of define their niche and in what they are and what services they provide and how that's different from, you know, TikTok to Facebook to Instagram to YouTube and so on and so forth, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Um, because, you know, one regulation might be good for a certain entity and it might be completely ineffective for another and vice versa.
1: Yeah, I know. I think that's absolutely fair. And you know, the the other thing that's I think worth mentioning here is there was just recently a hearing. If people haven't listened to the podcast or they they missed it somehow, um, with a whistleblower from Facebook, and that kind of started a lot of, um, you know, again, this is yet. I think there'll be a few more hearings for certain. um, The balls rolling because of some of the uh, some of what they've unearthed.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's I think fair to say. These, what we're watching now are just initial inquiries into who are you, what are you doing, what are your plans for the future? Uh, you know, we're essentially watching multiple information gathering sessions that will then be evaluated and revisited Yeah, uh, by the lawmakers in this and other countries uh, to then develop policy moving forward for these entities. Yeah, um, so I...
1: So for the listeners, um, what we're covering is a um, Senate subcommittee um, uh, consumer protection subcommittee. is sort of the short form for this, and it happened um, just this week, I believe, just recently. I just watched nearly all three hours of it, um, and the, uh, the chair of that committee is uh, Senator Blumenthal, and then the ranking member is Blackburn because it is so long and there's so much to unpack, we kind of thought the format here would be to pick out the, the points in, in some of their opening statements, discuss them, and then go to break. And then basically introduce and let the three companies define themselves and then go a little further from there for folks yeah, and just then kinda try to hit on a few a, other. Do a
0: of the meeting, as it were, or the hearing, I should say, as it were. Uh, and then move forward. Yeah, or I mean, we'd be a, here for four hours, hour. <laughs> opining. <No Right>. <laughs> yeah, there's there's always a lot right. to unpack if you watch these hearings.
1: Um, so yes, w- for sure. Where should we begin? Do you want to go with the? I think we start with the, with the chair with uh, Senator Blumenthal. Oh, Blumenthal. All right, um, let's give him a listen, and
0: we'll be right back.
2: We have said uh, that this moment is for big tech, a big tobacco moment. And I think there's a lot of truth to that intention, because it is a moment of reckoning. The fact is that like big tobacco, big tech has lured teens despite knowing its products can be harmful. It sought to associate itself with celebrities, fashion, and beauty, everything that appeals to young audiences. And like big tobacco, Facebook hid from parents and the public The substantial evidence that Instagram could have a negative effect on teen health. But the products are different. Big tech is not irredeemably bad like big tobacco. Big tobacco and the tobacco products, when used by the customer as the way the manufacturer intended, actually kill the customer. As Ms. Haugen said, our goal is not to burn Facebook to the ground. It's to bring out the best, to improve, to impose accountability. As she said, we can have social media we enjoy that connects us without tearing apart our democracy.
0: And that's pretty interesting, I think. Uh, and it kind of sets up the framework that maybe these companies, you know, if you've been following the Facebook stuff, uh, because their goal is to make money. Maybe they're not the best suited to oversee themselves in the best interest of the public and our youth, right?
1: Right. And I, I think it just so folks who haven't listened to the previous pod that we did on this or um, any other podcast that cover this type of stuff or media that covers this type of stuff, um, when Senator Blumenthal makes the reference to Um Halgan, he's he's speaking specifically to the whistleblower witness um who testified again for i believe over 3 hours in in front of another subcommittee just to circle back around on that um but i i, I like it because he he keeps an optimistic um but i mean i'm of an era i know where joe the camel went and you know the the <laughs> the constructive of, of uh, candy cigarettes right i mean Hmm, what were they all up to back in the day? You know, getting kids hooked, which is more where the Facebook testimony and and dig in went on that.
0: That giant cartoon camel, all this merchandise and things. Then the super cool Marlboro man of the time. None of that was geared towards America's youth, right? There's no possible way. And, and, you know, we are. So it's it. I was going to say it's interesting
1: because they're all kind of like, I think they hate big tech as much as as you don't like it. It's like, ah oh, yeah, we're not all big tobacco. You know, some of us sell, I don't know, salad, <laughs> not just
0: <laughs> right. greasy hamburgers. But no, I, I, I think maintaining that optimism is, is key moving forward because social media has done incredibly wonderful things uh, for society. And it, yes. it brings people together that don't normally get to see each other, you know, especially during this pandemic. Uh, it's allowed us to communicate and maintain friendships and relationships with family and, and whatnot. Um, so, you know, d- don't look at it as a purely evil entity. Um, it's just got some problems. They're experiencing some growing pains, as it were.
1: And I think to to Senator Blumenthal's point, I think when you come in with that comparison, it's important to to, you know, not just throw him in that, in that, you know what I mean? To give them a chance. I mean, again, as we mentioned, two of these companies are testifying for the first time. So, um, but it wasn't lost on me. You know, he went a little hard and then he went a little soft. So, and then um, do we want to play um, Senator Blackburn, the, um, the ranking member? Yes, we'll definitely uh, do that. Or, yeah, here she is.
3: Yet all the while, kids and teens are flocking to these sites in increasing numbers and the platforms love it as they know that youth are a captive audience, one which will continue consuming the content that is fed to them through these algorithms even if it puts them in danger. They're curious, they get pulled down the rabbit hole, they continue to watch and these platforms are getting more and more data about our children. But do we know what they're doing with that data? In the case of Facebook, we learned that they're using it to sell their products to younger and younger children. Those who cannot legally use their services, but these platforms, you all know you have children on these platforms that are too young to be on these platforms and you allow it to continue because it's money. It's money in the bank. It is money in your paycheck. And obviously, money trumps everything and with some of our witnesses today, we have real reason to question how they are collecting and using the data that they get from American children and teens. I've made no secret about my concerns that TikTok, which is owned by Beijing-owned ByteDance, is paving the way for the Chinese government to gain unfettered access to our children and teens. And TikTok, despite vague assurances, that they, and I'm quoting, store data outside of China, end quote, has not alleviated my concerns in the slightest. And
0: So Blackburn comes so, in a little more heavy-handed, right? Yeah. It,
1: I mean, where do you want to start here? I mean, first of all, if you're going to use the word rabbit hole, because we use that all the time. There are good rabbit holes and there are bad rabbit holes, obviously. <laughs> oh, I just have to make that just as a funny, <laughs> you know, because we go down a lot of them, you know. Um, yeah, she comes in a little, a little heavier, uh, in, in, I understand the focus on, on the children. And I, it, I think that actually parallels a little bit with Blumenthal leading with tobacco because, you know, sure, it's yeah. sort of same thing, like candy cigarettes and Joe, the camel or whatever his name was. Yeah. I think being concerned um, about the
0: uh, children and teens is, is, is a noble pursuit as it were, but then she immediately flips to basically money is the root of all evil and that drives everything. Right. And then, of course, the data concerns, which you made, you made, you made a point like, oh, well, they're analyzing the data. You know well, well, I'll let you fill uh, it I'm in. like,
1: okay, well, my point is, it, it's fine. Okay, yes, China, okay, whatever, some other country has, you know, information on, on us or, or children. Um, but I, I think what's lost here a little bit by making that point as strong as she does is, like, all the other companies, like I know of at least a couple of them that just fucking sell that information to whoever will buy it anyhow. <laughs> right? yeah, <I> mean. <laughs> I mean, it's not <laughs> yeah. like, just because it's stored, it's not stored on some server in some special place here that, you know,
0: other countries, that they just well, call I mean, up and say, I you know, want a third party with you. What, and I what want agreements they yeah. have in place. But uh, I think it's better if you're going to store it here Um than directly in China where there are no protocols in place to keep that from being accessed by, I mean, say governmental agencies and whatnot.
1: Yeah. I mean, this stuff is in, in, in cloud storage and server farms. And we did that's a whole other episode in like Netherlands and cold places. And there's all sorts of reasons to have these things and who has the custodial control. Yes. It's, that's not lost on me. Yeah. Um, It's also not lost on me that didn't we sell a bunch of tobacco for cigarettes to China at some point in time. So (laughs) maybe they're like you know, maybe we just uh, get your data for free this time and we don't have to buy it like these other people.
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's a valid point if we want to keep using the big tobacco metaphor.
1: right? So, Yeah. Or just who's paying for it. I mean, if, if bite dance for some reason just has to give it up and they don't get to sell it, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe, you know, uh, Senator Blackburn has a, has, she has a point there. So yeah, maybe yeah. there is something to that, but
0: Indeed. So, uh, do you want Anyhow. to take a quick break and uh, come back and discuss the other key players in this hearing?
1: Yeah, I think that's good. And at least we can f- frame them up for people and and just unpack because there is so much to unpack here, and just sort of define to, define where this one is this particular hearing is going. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, take
0: a quick break. All righty, we'll be right back. <laughs>
1: Well, welcome back to the 14 questions. So uh, where were we? We were unpacking a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, we were kind of getting into the the beginnings of the Senate committee hearing uh, on, you know, social media and big tech uh, with a few new players on the table. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, namely, TikTok yeah, yeah. or uh,
1: Snapchat. Snap snap for the first time. Yeah. So because we, you know, because of I guess the format of the, of the podcast, like we can't, go into, you know, we sometimes can, but they're, they're, because there's some new people here, they'd kind of needed to introduce themselves. So Brandon and I discussed this and we kind of felt like, you know, we'll just, we'll, we'll let them introduce themselves and unpack some of what, where we think they are, you know, and differences and maybe not so much and kind of sort of have to sort of leave it there and maybe circle back around with some other fun stuff that's going on around the globe. And then, You know, do maybe a part two if we if we so choose to dive in further to these uh, these three companies. Anyhow,
0: yeah, yeah. if I know us, we're going to end up circling back to this and and going a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole. But in the meantime, um, we've got to you know build some contextual framework. So uh, I guess we should start maybe with uh, the uh, representative from Snapchat that appeared before
1: this committee. Yeah. So yeah. So we had um, that was a representative. Her name was Stout. And, um, we'll just plug that button in and then, uh, take it from there.
0: Alrighty.
4: Snapchat's founders were part of the first generation to grow up with social media. Like many of their peers, they saw that while social media was capable of making a positive impact, it also had certain features that troubled them. These platforms encouraged people to broadcast their thoughts permanently Young people were constantly measuring themselves by likes, by comments, trying to present a perfect version of themselves because of social pressures and judgment. Social media also evolved to feature an endless feed of unvetted content, exposing individuals to a flood of viral, misleading, and harmful information. Snapchat is different. Snapchat was built as an antidote to social media. From the start, there were three key ways we prioritized privacy and safety. First, we decided to have Snapchat open to a camera instead of a feed of content. This created a blank canvas for friends to visually communicate with each other in a way that was more immersive than text. Second, we embraced strong privacy principles and the idea of ephemerality, making images delete by default. Social media may have normalized having a permanent record of conversations online, but in real life, friends don't break out their tape recorder to document every conversation. Third, we focused on connecting people who who are already friends in real life by requiring that both Snapchatters opt in to being friends in order to communicate. Because in real life, friendships are mutual. We have worked hard to keep evolving responsibly. Understanding the potential negative effects of social media, we made proactive choices to ensure that all of our future products reflected those early values.
0: So I think this is interesting um, for a number of reasons, uh, not the least of which. As do I. She uh, kind of makes a strong case and, in a roundabout way to say, we are not Facebook. That's not what we do. Yes. We're not You know, our our whole platform, the whole user experience is entirely different. It's not permanent. It's fun. Um, And, you know, I I think all of these players are going to make an effort to, in one way or another, say, we are not Facebook, right?
1: Or or Instagram. And I think that she actually, I think um, the the next witness, not just uh, Jennifer Stout, but I think the next witness makes that point. I do think it's important just for contextual reasons to point out um, the part of her background that we didn't include because the opening statements can be kind of, you know, testimony can be a little long, is that she worked on the Hill for a very long time before she went into, you know, this sector. So she kind of knows her way around these things. But I would totally concur. I almost got a feel when she said um, we open with the camera, which is kind of interesting concept, but we're a blank canvas. I almost had a throwback to Tom for a second. What do you think of that theory?
0: I mean, maybe there's a vague allusion to that. Um, I don't like, know. I, you know, but I do think it's because MySpace to, to was point always like out. you know Yeah, because MySpace not, was always open like, the app and you're you're suddenly inundated and bombarded with all this information that leads to the endless scrolling and everything else. You know, when you open it, it does open to the the Interface for producing content, not viewing content, and maybe that's a subtle distinction, but also an interesting and important one.
1: Yeah, I would I would concur that. But wasn't Tom's point? It was like you know, it's my space, so it's your space. Like you control it. Like, and I think there's just a little bit of we open with a blank canvas, just kind of leaving it blank. I, I, I that wasn't that wasn't lost on me, but um, I've always. I've always criticized Snapchat a little bit, Brandon, and and I think I, and you know this about me. This, and I get the whole instant delete stuff, right? But,
0: but well, that's it. You know, <laughs> that's another rabbit hole we could run down, but not that's necessarily a, the subject matter of this particular episode. But I want to point it out, like it, you know, there's there's some issues with
1: disposing of things that become more searchable and less private than not disposing but again i i do i won't digress um there's a reason it says archive not delete sometimes you know there's some there's some laws that are a little this and a little that again we're not attorneys but you know we follow this stuff
0: <laughs> just subtle distinctions in language and what the implications of certain chosen yeah. words are right but again that's in the then, subject of and another. then her friends of
1: yeah. And then the whole, I guess, because they don't recommend, but you, you've got to qualify your friends. That, that wasn't maybe the best one to close on, in my opinion. But again, they're, she's trying, they're trying to define Snap as, you know, like friendly breakfast cereal, I think. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> I don't just know.
0: something different than what we've all come to expect, right?
1: Yeah. We are not this over here. Um, yeah. And, so that was, you know, it's not the worst, not the worst introduction for them.
0: Um, so where, where do we want to go next? Uh, uh I, I think Beckerman TikTok, because, from TikTok? Uh, yeah, the, the, similar points are made, uh, in, in an effort to define TikTok as its own thing. And, you know, because again, we use these blanket terms, you know, big tech or social media, uh, and that's, it's great to be able to use those conversationally. But I think when it comes to regulation and lawmaking, Sometimes we do need to be more specific uh, than using these extremely generalized terms. And uh, I think TikTok kind of does a good job uh, than maybe carving out yeah, their own little own little island to be on here as well. Yeah. So let's so hit – uh, this is uh, Beckerman.
1: Got a button for him.
5: Thanks, Ms. Stout, uh, Mr. Beckerman. Chairman Blumenthal, Ranking Member Blackburn, and members of the subcommittee. My name is Michael Beckerman. I'm the Vice President of Public Policy for the Americas at TikTok. I'm also the father of two young daughters. I'm passionate about ensuring that our children stay safe online. I joined TikTok after nearly a decade representing the internet industry at large because I saw an opportunity to help TikTok responsibly grow from a young startup to a trusted entertainment platform. TikTok is not a social network based on followers or social graph. It's not an app that people check to see what their friends are doing. You watch TikToks. You create on TikTok. The passion and creativity and diversity of our community has fueled new cultural trends, chart-topping artists and businesses across the country. It has been a bright spot for American families who create videos together. And I've heard from countless friends and family and even members of the Senate and your staff about how joyful and fun and entertaining and authentic TikTok content truly is.
1: He so where where do you think they're going, Brandon? I mean, it's like okay, they're saying, "Hey, we're entertainment." I mean,
0: yeah, I think that's kind of you know it's it's social media. I, I think what he's trying to say is social media uh, involves some direct interaction in. And maybe even that archival sense of, you know, what Snapchat was arguing in the fact that there's a permanent record of things and the Mm -hmm. argument being that TikTok really is it a social media platform in, in the sense that we can share information with one another? Yes. Can we interact with it to some degree? But its intended purpose is to create and share entertainment and to consume entertainment in These small snippets amongst not only your friends but also people around the globe, and that is an important distinction to make, I think. <coughs> that it's really you know content generation and consumption without a lot of back and forth, uh, between users essentially.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting, right? So, and I don't think the point. He doesn't. He doesn't drive it home, but I do think it it, it. it. I do think he's the one that says. You know, I think he explicitly says further on in the hearing that we're not Facebook, we're not Instagram. Um, I don't think they specifically use the word curation, but you know, to his point that. You know, we create artists and this and that and the other. I mean, I I know I know folks on that use TikTok and they follow people and they 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 get on there and and they go looking for the people that they follow to the stories that they've heard. So I'm not sure where he was going with that, but I do agree it's very much like just a multitude of TV channels. It's sort of a it's sort of weird. It's it's somewhere between. Probably somewhere, I mean, weirdly enough, he's sitting between
0: Snapchat and YouTube, right? So, yeah, well, it's almost a weird amalgamation I mean, of, of all of the things. Um, but I think you kind of hit the nail on the head between Snapchat and YouTube, uh, which is not to say that harmful content doesn't appear on TikTok, because I'm sure it does. Uh, it's just the mechanism. Oh, they had, for they had examples. Yeah. It's yep. the mechanism of, of delivering that content. And then the fact that, you know, I don't know how their algorithms work as far as views amplifying its visibility amongst users, et cetera, et cetera. But I think, you know, they're doing things a little bit differently over there than, say, Instagram or Facebook. And and again, they're kind of making the point when we're our own thing. We do our thing, our things our own way, Um. And again, I, I really feel like everybody's just trying to distance themselves from that bubble, um, because there is so. No, much I'd agree with that. On Facebook and Instagram specifically,
1: he made a he made a very interesting point. Said that they do not drive content. They don't. They did do not allow content to drive on to TikTok. So it it's it yes. comes from the creators are TikTok, TikTok. I mean, I've seen TikToks in my Twitter feeds. So it can go out. It's kind of like, um, I don't know. It's kind of like Amex points, right? You know, you can put your Amex points out, but they can't come back <laughs> for people yeah. that have an Amex card. And Anyhow, that's wanna, not a plug for Amex. I mean, if, if you want to share your, Amex, your
0: TikTok saying, video on your Instagram page, that's fine. But you can't share your Instagram content on TikTok specifically, right? Yes. And that's a a pretty interesting pivot
1: from where some of these other platforms, whether or not they're blogs, whether or not they're, you know, not to mention Facebook again. I mean, yeah, correct. I mean, it's, it it wasn't lost on me that that was obviously a decision that they they specifically made um, because he specifically brought it up too from further on in the hearing. So,
0: Keep, keep uh, somewhat of a closed ecosystem uh, where you can watch it from the outside little. looking in, but if you're in that ecosystem, you can only see content in within that ecosystem. And again, and he true, makes a true, reference true to, to the intended purpose of it being for entertainment, it makes sense to have that closed bubble, essentially, that your users are inside of us. That
1: makes sense. And he, and he makes another point, and in, in, I didn't make the best notes on this, but that they don't have um, linked direct messaging going on. So I, I think they're, he's somewhat like Stout. They were trying to come in, this is what we are. And then they knew a lot of the question was going to go to um, protecting people, but specifically children. So they tried to draw these really fine little details about themselves that they do differently. I think, and put that in the opening testimony that they've at least, you know, they have these things in with sort of a point the finger over the heads of everybody like some of these other companies don't. So, um, yeah, that, but I think the, the last person we're, we're we'll put on here, um, is, um, is lady by the name of Miller who, um, came in and her opening, we'll put a piece of her opening testimony and she's from YouTube. And uh, we'll play that and then discuss, I so we'll do that then. Sure,
0: here it is.
3: My name is Leslie Miller and I'm the Vice President of Public Policy at YouTube. As young people spend more time online and given their changing needs as they grow up, it's crucial to put in place protections that allow them age appropriate access to information. We do this by investing in the partnerships, technologies and policies that create safer environments that allow children to express their imagination and curiosity, and empower families to create the right experiences for their children.
0: Hmm, rather interesting. I would say, you know, <laughs> which well, talk I, about I made I made the discussion point. that could go on too long. Um, following up on We're, that,
1: <laughs> well, I think she knew where this was going to go. I mean, you made the point earlier before we we started to record tonight that you know. YouTube, they're part of Alphabet. They've been around for a while, um, yeah. and the fact that they, they brought in experts. But she immediately goes to like we we have panels and you know rooms and buildings full of these people that are are developing sort of. Yeah. I mean, T- I mean, the joke. Google, that they want to be
0: that. Google's been playing the game for a while, and so you know let's just get get ahead yeah. of the questioning and, and say hey we, we are proactively approaching these things, trying to create environments that are safe. Uh, for children to use the internet, Um, you know, and I don't which know is what the a little bit of a, that is because it's not like we well, can have a universal rating system um, for content. Well, you know, my, so, m- what was my facetious
1: comment? Like, she almost goes a little too far, and I'm like, "What do you want to be the fucking Sesame Street of the internets for children? Like, there's I mean, age restrictions knows, for this stuff, years right? Down
0: the line, maybe they'll secure the licensing rights, and we'll have Sesame Tube." Um. For users, yeah, I mean, <laughs> for users, you know, 12 and under only, um, yeah. you know, it's hard to but,
1: say. I mean, it's, I mean, and, and there's a little bit of that because these companies are competitive. And obviously, you know, whatever Instagram for kids, which I think is terrible branding, right? I mean, Sesame Street was better branding when people were scared of TV back in, you know, the day. Um, yeah. You, you know, I, I think there's a little bit of competitiveness lost with the, you know, we're prepared, we have all these experts, but... It is definitely interesting, and I think it, you know. Obviously, these three folks know a little bit about the the companies that are sitting, you know, they're bookended between. But um, I kind of wonder, like, if the if the folks that were testifying weren't going, like, y- y'all just said what? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> right?
0: Like, wait, wait there's got to be
1: some of that, right? Yeah,
0: Oh, I'm sure there is, you know, and, and to your point, it, there is there is some competitiveness in this market, because if somebody can bring a product or a platform to the table that would get uh, government approval for users, say, under 13 years old, um, there would be a lot of money to be had. I would imagine, you know, these aren't direct oh, for consumers sure. necessarily, like everybody cracks their piggy bank or has an allowance or what have you, but they're also going to pressure their parents to spend their money in certain ways. So. Surely, well, that you know the that ethics the, of the, the, the data mining and harvesting side of it might need to be addressed for sure. Um, but I still think you know there's some there's some dollars to be made there. Well, I do too. And the, and the thing that's a little spooky about this
1: is you know when I think going back to Senator Blumenthal in his comparison to tobacco that it's not necessarily and I agree with him it's not that's you know it's not tobacco, but some of the habits that you could develop in, 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 you know, children or teens or, or, you know, much younger youth could be used for, for evil. Right. I mean, just in the way they shop, yeah, how do they, for sure. When do they, uh, that's a little,
0: No, you can, you they, they could be really indoctrination, really brainwashing with habit, yeah. you know, cognitive behavioral things. Um, early. And then as an adult consumer, as they get older, yeah, then you've pre-programmed them to react in a certain way to these platforms. And that's a, again, a, a conversation for another time, um, surely. Well, and
1: it's, it's, you know, it's putting, it's, it it's shelf height, right? There's a specific reason, you know, you, you go in a grocery store and, it, you know, it's not lost on me in some stores, that stuff's at that shelf height because that, you know, kid is only, you know, <laughs> three foot tall. <laughs> right. And you get, you know, yeah, you look, put that on, at on put the AI learning and, and some snacks. other stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The the whole grain oatmeal bars are up at our eye level. Then the pop yeah. then the fruit snacks, you know, down at our ankles. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's,
1: So to go back, it was just, you know, Brandon and I were discussing this. We didn't have enough time to go into all the testimony that went on and all the, you know, there's a lot that goes on in this particular hearing. But it is kind of interesting to to land on YouTube just because, you know, Google's been around forever. And it's interesting to reflect back on AOL got themselves into some trouble. And they went way proactive, in my opinion, back in the day you know, self-reporting anything. And, you know, then Google would say, well, we can't do that. Somebody might just be researching a book on, you know, whatever, robbing a house or stealing art. Um, and how these companies make their decisions and how that's evolved has mm-hmm. kind of been lost on me for a number of years now. I mean, I just sort of think Google found a place to be. But, you know, the, as fast as the companies are growing, the legislation needs to catch up to them. You know, it's kind yeah. Of and again, and, and that circles back around with 230 and protections for them. And, you know, they can't be responsible for stupid users on their site. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, and it, because, you know, it can be a very slippery slope. Um, you know, if, if we're too aggressive, then it's going to cause problems for individuals who, to your point, may have been doing research, may have been looking for a thing or just sheer curiosity, you know, uh, which we don't necessarily want to stifle. Um our individual nature to be curious or to have questions or to look for answers for things, uh, with the fear of getting in trouble because you type the wrong thing into a search engine. Um, and then you get a knock on your door. Right. But I also think, you know, making the internet safer for younger users is also paramount, uh, moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. You know, slow and steady wins the race. And, and maybe sometimes bureaucracy is good in that way. Uh, <laughs> Where we don't jump the gun and make some silly decisions with ramifications and repercussions um, for individuals that were totally undeserved, whilst still uh, punishing those who, you know, have overstepped the bounds of the law, essentially. And, you know, right. as, as I oftentimes say, I don't know that I have the answers yet, um, but I will continue to ponder them you know, that, no, for sure, you know, kind of lean in that way in this discussion, it's not just this country, right. You know, they're having hearings, you know, globally essentially. Well,
1: Yeah, everywhere. But it, I mean, to, to that point, I think it's, it's important to mention, well, we're going to play a little clip and, you know, just because we've got to play another clip of another country. So we're just not always sitting up there with the C-SPAN that goes on in Congress. And we're going to play a, a clip from C-SPAN where, um, Boris Johnson, um, you know, they do this thing in parliament where it's question the prime minister and it's kind of, it's, you know, it's a different type of sausage making to watch. I kind of enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> you know, to, to not be watching our our Congress do its or not do its thing. Yeah. And they play by a um, different set of rules over there for sure. It's, uh, it's yeah. It's, yeah. A little more, I don't know. Yeah.
0: It's it's more lively and animated, if nothing else. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, I kind of like it. Um, energetic, like, if you would. Watching watching our government at work is, is like watching curling. You know, not to insult the sport, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. And, and watching them at work is like, you know, Venus and Serena Williams playing tennis with one another. Uh, it's, it's maybe the best way there I you can go. say it, you know. So do we have a little Boris? Yeah, yeah we, we got to do it because, you know, we got, we
1: got listeners. We got listeners all in all sorts of different countries. So we can't just, you know, be stuck in our own rabbit holes over here. You know, so, yeah, just yeah. a little Boris. Just a
0: little Boris.
6: Minister. Mr. Speaker, this, this, it is this government that brought forward an online uh, harms bill. Mr. Speaker, and he's heard uh, it's, he's heard what I've said. He's heard what I've said about uh, about the second reading before Christmas, and uh, you know, in the in the collegiate spirit in which uh, he, he he announced his uh, he began his questioning, I can tell him that we will uh, continue to uh, look at ways in which we can toughen up those provisions and to come down hard on those who irresponsibly allow. Uh, dangerous and extremist content uh, to permeate the internet. But, Mr Speaker, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted that uh, he's taking this, this new uh, tough line, and I very much hope uh, that, he can, that he will get uh, the rest of his party in the lobbies with us to join him.
2: Keir Starmer. Mm
7: -hmm. Mr Speaker, I did start in a collegiate spirit and I'll continue in a collegiate spirit because I listened hard to what was being said on the opposite benches on Monday about the concerns about this issue. Um, uh, And we do need... Uh, to recognise the measures in the bill, but we do need tough and effective sanctions and that means criminal sanctions. And that does matter, Mr Speaker. It, It is frankly beyond belief that, as the Mirror reported yesterday, 40 hours of hateful content from Anjum Chowdhury could be easily accessed online. The Prime Minister and the Government could stop this by making it clear that directors of companies are criminally liable for failing to tackle this type of material on their sites. We don't need to delay, so in the collaborative spirit we saw in this House on Monday, will the Prime Minister commit to taking this away, looking at it again, and working with all of us to strengthen his proposed legislation. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it, look, I,
6: I've already said that we're willing to uh, look at anything to strengthen the legislation. I've said that we're willing to uh, bring it forward uh, and we will bring it forward to second reading before Christmas. And yes, of course, Mr. Speaker, uh, we will have criminal sanctions uh, with tough sentences uh, for those who are responsible for allowing this foul content to, to permeate the internet, uh, Mr. Speaker. Uh, but what we hope for also is that no matter how tough the proposals we produce, that the, the, the opposition will support it.
3: <laughs> so
0: a little bit different than what As you you it's over here in the U.S., right? Well, and it's
1: asked the prime minister. I mean, they've got different formats, so that one's obviously a little looser. It's more like a yeah. fireside chat in a pub, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, with cheering. <laughs> oh, but it, wow. it, it wasn't lost on me. So, so, folks, we've covered Section 230, which, you know, it protects Internet companies from terrible crap that can go on between two people and that's not their fault, whatever. Um, but they're, they're actually bringing up holding heads of companies, criminally liable potentially. I mean, it, it, it sort of shocked me.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely is. A, I mean, it's a rather drastic approach, um, which, you know, things that are said aloud and then things that are codified into law oftentimes don't fully line up, but it does make a statement as to where, where their heads are at and and what the thought processes are over there. And again, I don't know if it's the right move or not, but it is interesting to see the difference in approach uh, and maybe the difference in how serious different governments take this stuff.
1: Well, and I'll be very curious to see what the U.N., does because the, I think I read that um the whistleblower Halligan is going over there to testify to them. And I even think there might be some, you know, again, we're not attorneys here, but I think pretty much everybody's like, okay, free speech, but you can't I think I said to this before we started the podcast tonight um you can't shout fire in a movie theater. Everybody's sort of okay, that makes sense. Yeah. um by the concept Halgen's point only goes so far right but to helgen's point she said regulating ai and mechanic mechanical learning in this 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 construct of amplification could i think even under current law it could be like you, you're you're kind of like the person that's quietly going fire in the movie theater if if you have the power to Make ten thousand people saying something that's now shouting, so that does become dangerous. So I yeah, think, I mean, there's, the I think there's,
0: there's, risk here. You know, I think serious a, risk a lot of us have traveled with our friends, right, and inevitably somebody in a friend group will will make a, a subtle bomb joke in an airport amongst friends, right, and that's funny, right. But if you so maybe broadcast. Right? That joke or that reference out of context to everybody else in the airport, then suddenly panic ensues. And, you know, the metaphor is not perfect, but it also kind of does help sell the point forward um, that we do need to regulate these things and take a more scrutinous approach um, to how how things are handled moving forward.
1: Yeah. Where it's not just, Oh, it's going to be inconvenient. Somebody has to show up and testify like they actually might get some teeth into this, which probably needs to happen to a certain degree. Um, you know, in, in just for folks, we're framing that up. I, I found that on this side of the pond on the C-SPAN, you know, under basically discussions of, you know, quote unquote, big tech. Um, but where they were going with that, that was a reaction. The, um, Parliamentarian, the speaker that was um, asking the question of um, um, uh, Boris, he had referenced the MP that was killed in that there's like some really bad stuff that goes online that has consequences. And again, they don't have, I don't think they have an equivalent. Maybe somebody will add us on Twitter. I don't think they have an equivalent of 230 that, you know, sets blanket immunity. I don't think they've, they've gone that far into their crafting their laws. Um, but again, this... You know, we, it's one of these things. I think it's important. We've said forever social media needs to be discussed more. Big tech needs to be discussed more. And now it's now it's really happening. So, um, I mean, be, before we go tonight, because we've probably gone a little too long, um, interestingly enough, it came across my feeds, and I'd love your reaction to this, Brandon, but um, Secretary of um, State Blinken announced a new Bureau of Cyber Policy. So we already have cybersecurity folks under Department of Homeland Security. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that goes on, but that wasn't lost on me.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, be, you know, we've kind of been alluding to uh, the need for such an organization on this podcast for a while, because, you know, legislators and congressmen do what they do, and that's great, but they're not all experts in these very specialized fields. And so I think it makes sense to form some sort of body or organization, you know, with panels of experts that their sole purpose is to monitor this stuff. Because, you know, we have laws and things for the land and the people, and we've always had that, and that's been human existence forever. But now we basically have an entire world within our world. Like, it's this weird inception of there's, there's the physical reality and then there's this internet reality and they're two entirely different things and the mechanisms and means by which we communicate and share and transfer information are are subtly different between them and so to have you know something to take a look at that through a more myopic lens might not be the worst idea no i would agree
1: and if the 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 the, the use of the word policy is kind of interesting to me so going to our point you know at some point when do they do a, a like a, a super committee so somebody that knows a little bit about this big tech or data security or somebody that knows about you know the social nets or somebody that knows about children can all kind of unpack this stuff and put it in the right lanes and give it proper
0: consideration right i mean yeah, I think it needs to be done. But again, it needs to be approached slowly and cautiously. Um, less we overstep. Agree. Because, you know, first and foremost, I, I believe the Internet is a place of great value and access to information uh, should be very much near or at the top of the list um, for, for the greater good of humanity. Uh, and the more we restrict that, you know, the more dangerous it can become. So I think slow and steady wins the race as we move forward. But I also agree that, you know, some changes probably need to be made as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens.
1: Yeah. And I I appreciate, you know, maybe we'll, we'll leave it where we sort of started, um, that Blumenthal, um, gave Halligan, you know, it wasn't lost on him that she truly believes, you know. No, don't break this up. Don't do this. There's a if you go a little slower on these sides, and you're not as maybe greedy or whatever. There's we we could have a really good internet, rather than you know an internet that chases itself to the bottom. That's going to not be good. And I think it's kind of that's a, a, I think that's a correct course.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined Done. to
1: agree. So you got anything else other than the, do we want to talk about rabbits for five minutes? (laughs) I think we'll save the rabbit discussion, you know. Well, I I just got to mention this, you know, these, these, these planter beds, I mean, the, the wife made me make some and, you know, we've got some basil or something, basil, however you want to pronounce it, but we don't have like carrots and lettuce and stuff. But I actually think for the last year and a half, people have been building these things. And now, you know, maybe the reason we use the term rabbit hole all the time is like Theodore, right, the dog, I mean, he goes berserk. So does the cat because he, these rabbits, we just have rabbits in our, in our backyard. They just roam around and they they cross the street. Like we need rabbit crossing signs or something.
0: <laughs> ask Australia how that works out uh, on that yeah,
1: note. Yeah, well, ask the ask the neighbors that are building all these raised beds with like a, a smorgasbord for rabbits, right? I mean, and, you know, yeah, on that note. But I thought I'd we'd leave it on the light <laughs> one for now, but uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's been right,
0: another my episode well, uh, of The 14 Questions. So, all right. Till next time. Until next time. Got questions? Need answers? Find them on the 14 Questions podcast.
1: Welcome to our podcast. Where we, along with our frequent guests, will be answering your questions regarding a wide variety of topics, including current events, lifestyle, politics, and of course, popular culture. The 14 Questions Podcast is brought to you by Pubhouse Media and Dive Pod Productions.
0: Be sure to find us on the web at 14questions.org, on Twitter at The14Questions, look us up on Facebook at 14Questions, and of course, find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts.